We will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Queery Cast with the Larry Queery Eye. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Hi, hi, hello and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of The Creator Cast. The name is Larry and it's such a pleasure being with you for another episode. It's been like two months since the last one took a creative break and also I've been focusing on other creativity first of all to just get that out of the way. So yeah, back again. Um, just uh, this week's episode, of course, going to talk about the genius situation. Um, that's in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to talk about... Uh, what what, what we talk about? Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about the whole giving access to young people giving access to young people no <laughs> young people access <laughs> english bundles giving young people people access to contraceptives um especially young like minor people like yeah should we be doing that it's a controversial one got a lot of your comments and of course my own comments and then uh, from a the post by a friend patience period she t- asked about what the rules for buddha calls with friends with benefits. So that's in the the third segment. So how how do you start? The sad news that came up on Sunday morning is the death of uh, Genius Kadungure. And it comes, sadly, it was two weeks after we lost Calvin. Yeah, also in a a motor vehicle related accident, albeit in differing circumstances. So in in the case of Calvin, in case you hadn't heard about it, uh, he was run over. I'm not sure the stories are varying. I don't really want to get into the story and kind of pretend I know what actually happened. I've just got various versions of the same incident, but Oksalayo, this that's what actually happened. And uh, in the in, a, in case of Genius, he was with two, fr- three friends actually. Um, Moana, who was famous for being on a couple of music videos and also as a fitness trainer in Harare as well as Alicia and uh, Ka- Karim, who are two other friends. They got burnt in the car. He was thrown out of the car, and they got burnt in the car, which is really galling. You know, it's really sad that young lives get taken so quickly. And in the case of Moana, uh, just to get through this, uh, she was 26. She was coming from a 26th birthday party at Genius's Club at, uh, what do you call it, at Dreams Nightlife. And you can see... A post at 429 that did the rounds of them, you know, getting cake, you know, happy birthday and everybody's happy and so forth. Uh, only for them to perish roughly in, you know, 40 minutes later or something of that nature. So rest in peace to all of them. But what's, what I'm going to talk about quickly is the fallout afterwards. Um, first of all, uh, the way that social media scandalized the death of um, genius of course he was never a a person who was a middle of the road person i don't think anyone really had neutral feelings about genius it's either you liked him or you just annoyed you so um you can get that but essentially when people started talking about uh witchcraft and all that other stuff it's an important conversation to have in the context of of life in in general but when you have people who are mourning the death of a loved one and what you're doing is you're scandalizing it by talking about 
you know, how they possibly did not believe in your lifestyle of religion. So, so let's say, for example, he prayed to his ancestors uh, to get, you know, whatever support he wanted to get from them. Uh, of course, obviously, in the traditional, I mean, in traditional Christian religion, you know, the ones that come and the evangelical ones that come afterwards, the, the scandalized African traditional religions. So therefore, even if, hypothetically speaking, he consulted his ancestors for help when he needed to make big decisions, it's the same as someone praying to a Jewish version of a God. So, uh, or, or the Jewish idea of God, um, well, it's actually not even Jewish, it's Romans, it's the Romans are the ones who created the Christian church. So when you really think about it, the, it, it speaks a lot to how, one, we don't really understand a lot of the things that we want to talk about, and two, we don't really um, have that... Well, you know, the, I don't want to reduce it to, to, to by, by words like Ubuntu, because a lot of us don't even understand what that is, and we use it as a byword to just, you know, sell some idea of ourselves. But in reality, it's sort of like, you know... How common sense is, you know, an hour after the guy is dead, uh, people are posting images of him lying on the ground. I saw even some media organizations doing that, and it's just galling. Um, and he's dead there. And it's like, in, in journalism standards, anywhere else, you wouldn't do that. But secondly, the theories that start floundering afterwards, and also some of those theories being pushed by some media organizations is, 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 is troubling because they forget that they are friends and family that are affected by this death and you have to find a way to treat somebody's death with dignity. Um, it is, after all, somebody's father, somebody's sister, somebody's mother, somebody's, in the instance of Moana, she, had a, she was a mother and uh, sadly, that she had a strange relationship with her father, which is another toxic situation. I don't understand the details of it, but I can understand how that happens a lot in, in African culture or in just any culture, really, where there's expectation of a, of a young lady or a son to, to conform to family, you know, what the family says. And in both instances, in the instance of genius and uh, and Moana, it seems as if they were estranged from each other, uh, from their from their fathers uh, at least. Um, Genius lost his 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 mother uh, earlier this year, but uh, essentially, you know, I, I think it's important, vitally important, to really have a conversation with ourselves around this. And um, we, we were more sympathetic in the instance of Gringo. Oh, and and. Yeah, sad. It's a very sad situation. Um, yeah, sad all around. He was unwell for a, for a while and things of that nature. But going back, before I go, I move away from the Janimbi situation, the, the situation with Mohammed, the details around what the father say, that he slapped his adult daughter uh, after the daughter defied him, is a bit... <laughs> it's a bit like, why are you slapping an adult person? It's it's weird, and admitting it on on camera as well. It's it's just weird, but you know, families are weird. 
Um, in other news, uh, Pfizer and BioNTech announced this week that they have come as close as anyone has to coming up with the coronavirus uh, uh, vaccine. And that's so, you know, guys like Live Nation and and some cruising companies, their shares went through the roof because suddenly they're like, oh, people can start hanging out again. Now, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's essentially... A, a situation I think the whole world is getting really tired of. In the global south, we've sort of like started opening up things a bit, uh, although tentatively in southern Africa more than in, say, Australia and New Zealand, where they have cr- huge crowds now for sporting events. But, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a path that we, we're all going to have to meander through. But because of the, the delicate nature of the, you know, global economic systems it's going to be it's probably been accelerated so that business can carry on as quickly as possible or at least resume as quickly as possible and finally uh, the situation in mozambique with uh, the cabo delgado province where the you know extremists are killing people um i don't want to use their religion to trigger but that's what it is but um yeah, that's that just needs urgent attention. But the big worry, of course, I mean, there's no way we can dodge fixing that situation because we pretend it doesn't exist. They could just come all the way down to southern Africa. But the big worry, like what happened in, say, in Kenya, when it got involved in what was happening in, was it uh, Somalia? Is that where they or something like that? Um, now, the, you, of course, always going to have to worry that your own countries are going to have to be on high alert because... The next thing that's left is they're going to be sending suicide bombers to your countries. So, but either way, you're going to have to do something about it. So, yeah, some of the stuff we used to see on TV while in Southern Africa, that might be coming to us faster than we think. It's Larry. You listen to the Criticast. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. So as I said, um, there is a lot of talk at the moment about make, uh, allowing young children to get access to contraceptives. And of course, a lot of people had loads of things to say. So... I'm just going to play, first of all, what you had to say. And then afterwards, we, I have my own little two cents on the matter. Hi, Larry. This is Linda from um, South Africa. And hi to your viewers. I think 12 years old is way too young to be having a child on, on, um, on contraception pills. I think um, maybe at the age of 15, I do understand the children right now are more sexually active at a younger age, but I also think that that comes with, uh, with conversations, with open and honest conversations, which parents should be having with their children. But if you, if you have a look at um, the effects that uh, contraception has on a woman's body, it's really, really too, way too young to be putting your child through such, um, you know, through such trauma, if, if, I, if I may say so. Because come by the age of 25 or, or 30, there's so many complications, you know, when you're trying to actually um, have, have a child. And also what contraception is, is actually correct for a child that is 12 years old, are we going to put them on a pill? Are they taking a monthly injection? You know, are they going to be using a patch? 
what exactly are you going to be giving your child at, at that age? Because even when you're at the age of 20, you yourself as, as a young adult are trying to figure out what's going to work for your body. So what more for a child that's a lot younger? It's a definite, definite no for me. Wait, was it supposed to be children under 12 or children from the age of 12? What I think we need as a nation is to come to terms with the fact that kids are having sex. What we need to come to terms with as a nation is the fact that we need to start sex education aggressively. Let these kids learn what actually happens. That it's not just about the coitus, there's more. There's repercussions to these things. There's STIs, there's unwanted pregnancies, there's all sort of shit that could happen, right? In as much as I'm, I'm against reproductive uh, contraception, hormonal contraception, I think introducing condoms is fine. I know not a lot of, not a lot of people agree with me, but here's my thought. Kids as young as grade six are doing it. And if they do it without a condom and they keep doing it, going to do it with the next person, who's to say she's not going to, or he's not going to meet someone who was born with HIV and doesn't even know. You know how it is when the little kids, they're told, ah, you've got a kidney sickness or something because they want you to grow up and then tell you later. You know what I mean? I don't want little kids getting sick because the thing is, kids are exploited by older people all the time, boys and girls. You know what I mean? So what we need is sex education actually it's not just for the kids for the whole nation a rigorous sex education you know and then we can talk about giving them access i'm not against them getting access i'm against them getting access to hormonal contraceptives like at my age i don't even understand half that shit. but giving them access to condoms is fine and let um hey larry how are you um it's nyasha here Okay, wow. Um, This is such a controversial topic, but um, so appropriate and so realistic. Um, I totally feel that that it should be allowed. Why it's happening out there? Um, I think we just need to be honest with ourselves that kids out there are having sex way before than back in the day or way before then they're allowed to quote unquote um but i'd rather that the kids out there do it safely um and are made aware and counseled of you know the different things um because let's legalize and make all this stuff available which might then limit backdoor abortions baby dumping um, STDs, STIs, HIV, all these things in the long in the long run, because you know personally, abortion, contraceptives, prostitution, all these things, whether we like it or not, are going to happen. And unfortunately, I feel a lot of these kids are in this situation because of the times we're living in and social economic. Um, environments whether it's through poverty or you're not going to school or you know you go to school and there are no teachers or you know everyone is doing it or you know we get drunk um and then also the fact that you know there are some who are in situations where they can't get out of it um rather you know the female child or the male child knows you know that they are protected or they can protect themselves 
in a system that unfortunately is failing them in one way or another so yeah i'm all for it um and with it you know it'll come you know the proper knowledge and the education that okay if you have sex a b c d you know if you don't take your pill on time if you don't go get your injection on time or if you don't put on a condom this way this way this could happen versus um you know the blind leading the blind you know where you have a whole bunch of 10 year olds sitting in a corner saying oh i stole these from my mom or my older sister or my brother um let's try it out let's do this let's do this rather let's empower them because a 2020 child and a 1992 child and a 1984 child are very different. Um, what they go through, what they believe, what they experience is is very different. And unfortunately, we once again live in a world where a lot of them feel like they've got no one to go to. Moms are busy, dads are busy, or it's frowned upon, or the church um, disagrees, you know, or older brother or older sister will hit you or, you know, do something so let's empower the kids because realistically it is happening there whether we like it or not um yeah thank you so much um have a lovely day the internet itself engaged with my activities and the other thing is I got one eye passy, or two zones iwe, Mamisra Richachi Fua, Changaswakana Kaisuzo, our couch, a gareat to reads, White Kanamuno Kanachae, Agabat, Agabatonim Komana, Karanim Komana, Iva, two teases, quite cocoa, Shaiti, Shaita Kutsuri reads, and Manaskana, we, Shaita Kuti, Aven Asango were reckless. Uncle Zotumunuaki watches and gana ninety watches and gana moving wessy. So Catrugut could be till good Cooper Vanama contraceptives, Quakanak, Pakuti. We protect them against my unwanted pregnancies, Iwama early childhood pregnancies. We are protecting them against my STIs, HIV, and AIDS because it can yanyo kuzitar sister vanava varku engage in my activities. Kote nevango vesera ravo asukutor nevano akuru varku vaitisa shunish. Ninyo kuti muriavo unomona akura chifuva chasara. Mashuro kwakadaiso unomona sukuti muno akura sana ngarunga namdiki. Saka we are protecting them against my unwanted pregnancies. Nema STIs. And it and then kuva pama ma 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 reproductive health services. Mama kaita sema using condoms and so on. Kuno wapa enough time to partake with their careers. Kuno wapa enough time yekuti munano sove imopenyu. Imagine muno start starts making babies at twelve. Ano sove manaye. And then we talk of kanatikava pafuti. Whenever become reckless, it's like we have given them the green light. You could change the remedies there. So now that we are reckless, and can manaka tanga ku ku partake of these things at twelve. 
what will they become and it so katukuti isusu sevabereke ngati vene wanono ane vana vedu let's monitor our internet because internet has become a, an issue of the age vana varikuona zvakawanda pa internet varikuengage in so many activities they invite each other through the internet kuma parties kuchichi ndokuanoita engage with these activities let's monitor our children ipapo and maybe we can try and have a vaccine wakatisana bcg Nana Mizus, Vabaiwe at least, at least can also scope by eighteen years on Kansangavane decision. Yakuzoti, Tinakutaku inter engage into this, or I want to make babies now, but at least Kareme Dikaripo, because indeed, whenever they're engaging in these activities, and we really need a solution. Hi, Larry. I strongly believe that children under the age of twelve should not be granted access to reproductive health services such as contraceptives and these may include the pill, condoms, the patch, the IUD, ETC, because in a way it robs them of their childhood innocence at a very tender age. And it's not a secret that these days children are developing faster than we did back in the day, right, due to shows on the television and social media and, well, various other places even magazines and all right so because of this it should be our responsibility as adults to counteract these things by creating a sexually non-suggestive environment like for our children as much as we can right so i just feel like us introducing or teaching them or giving them access to reproductive health uh, health services such as condoms maybe in the bathroom it's just promoting them to have sex it's like we are putting fire to a spark we are blowing air literally so that the fire can just rise up but rather we should try by all means to put it out at least we'll talk about it when they're over 12 that's better and then the only exception should be in emergency situations such as rape of course where the girl child is given like the pill to prevent pregnancy but only if it's necessary so yeah that's what i think that's my contribution thank you so much bye okay so in addition to um comprehensive sex ed like sex education i think um children under 12 should be given access to reproductive health services right um why i want to say so is it's a bad world that we're living in and you you don't know when a child's sexual debut is going to be there's all these horrible stories about um kids getting molested by relatives in the house or people at school or the house help so you just need to make sure number one your child understands um the basics about sexual education number one then number two um the reproductive health services that are available and how to access them because whether we like it or not their parents that are not playing their role in the home um of having the the talk with kids 
So you need to make sure if you're too shy to have a conversation about it, they know where to get reliable info and where they can access these services. Because, eh, yeah, it's really bad out there. You can't control the molestations, the sexual abuse, the rape, the incest. You have no control over that. But giving a child access to these services can um, almost like mitigate or control the effects of them having go, go through something like that. Hey, yo, what's going on, Queenie? This is Celatine. I think these kids should just get all the information and access to these services, brother, because I'd rather parents and all these teachers having awkward conversations, you know, with them, but you, so that they learn early and they prevent uh, getting pregnant as teenagers, as opposed to just not giving them access, not giving them information, and then you now have to now deal with them being young little teenager parents so rather that awkward conversation man um give them access give them information children under 12 should definitely have access to reproductive health services like contraceptives because if they know that such a thing exists, it means that they need to use it. I think it's a bad idea that we try to raise children in 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 this system of things in, in the world like this and and try to protect them by pretending certain things don't exist and not educating them instead. So I think what children today and this generation of children, what they need is to be taught about uh, reproductive health, to be taught about the right way to do certain things because you know, as scary as it is, they're, they're not as innocent as we want to believe they are, for the most part. And, and so they should have access to those services as well as the education that should go with it uh because i think the best the best way to protect them today is 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 by telling them this is there and this is what you can do to protect yourself and this is what you should know about it as opposed to uh just like not talking about or just not allowing them um, to have that access i think that if we don't allow them to have that access we're actually putting them in greater danger uh, because predators still exist, and even if they're not predators, like uh, situations where this child might, might need things like that, they still exist, and you've done the child a disservice by uh, denying them access to what can protect them in, in, in settings such as that. <clears throat> Hi, Larry. Um, I think children should be told about these um, reproduction health services being available to them. They shouldn't be informed about the reproduction and how it works in terms of the birds and the bees. But I don't think um, it should be readily available to them. They should be able to access it from their nurse or local health practitioner as and when they need it. But I think they should actually be 
um, discouraged and taught about what happens um, to to children who get pregnant early um, and discouraged. I never experiment a man, Kunzo, one out of Zinsani Basa, really. They're up to no good, man. So, the best they learn about contraceptives and uh, it's it's just i think learning in general is better than them to obtain it because it sort of adds to the promotion of of you know of them you know initiating the the, the task of um you know being you know sort of like sexually active at such an age better they learn to you know what my dear and it nezira rauna rumira but zivauti zvinoshanda sei 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 mwana akagaraziva kuti okay zvinoshanda soso akazosvika kuti that point yekuti abatikana ne situation iyoyo mwibva anenge angoshayo zvake mafungiro ongoita homuskawa anenge achiziva kuti ah kana ndina jimi ndofana kushandisa chi condom kuti kuti you just making them access the stuff and so forth and so on As a parent and sexual health advocate, I would like to add my voice to the ongoing public hearings on the age of consent to accessing reproductive health care services by young persons in Zimbabwe. Currently, the Public Health Act of 2018 denies access to reproductive health services to persons below the age of 16 without the consent of the guardian or parents. Working with adolescents and young people every day at Adult Rape Clinic, we have realized that young people, especially especially marginalized groups, are the most affected by this current law. These marginalized groups include orphans whose parents have died, vulnerable children whose parents are may be absent and those with parents in the diaspora and children that are survivors of sexual and gender-based violence especially when the parents guardian or close relatives are perpetrators obviously these children cannot go or cannot access consent to uh, to seek services uh, from their perpetrators denying them a chance to receive services that will prevent hiv infection uh, and and also uh, unwanted pregnancy. We also note that adolescents and young people, some of them are actually being married off as children by the same parents or guardians that are supposed to, to, to protect them and making it also difficult for them to go and, um, and get consent for the services uh, on their behalf. Children, as we speak right now, we must also know that children, as we speak right now, are selling sex to survive in various parts of the country. At ARC, we also witness young people, a growing number of young people that are having consensual sex as, as with their peers, uh, also putting them at high risk of unwanted pregnancy and HIV infection. of adolescents and young people do not know their HIV uh, status despite high new infections between the age ranges of 15 to 24. Of very much concern, of greater concern, is young people that were born HIV positive. And some of their parents have just told them do not engage in sexual relationships, denying them their right to know their status and also protecting themselves and their peers. 
Statistics also tell us the national teenage pregnancy is at 22%, meaning one in every five teenage girls between the ages of 10 to 19 years are either expecting or have had their first child. In 2018 alone, more than 6,000 grade 7 girls failed to further their education owing to early and unplanned pregnancy. The most important conversation we should be having is how do we empower health professionals to respond adequately to these challenges? How do we empower health professionals to provide age-appropriate and scientifically correct reproductive health care to adolescents and young people who need the services. The current law denies healthcare professionals the capacity to adequately assist adolescents and young young people without consent from the parents as they become liable to prosecution by the law. Our conversation, I strongly believe that our conversations should be be informed by reality and what we've been witnessing is either parents or guardians allowing access to ensure uh, that those young people that need um, adequate care and support does not dismiss the role of a parent or guardian in providing guardian guidance to their children. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, well, look, to, for, in, as far as I'm concerned, I think we often forget that uh, the position of the state is to, uh, to, to help the most vulnerable. So I think a lot of us make a lot of assumptions around uh, how homes are made up at the moment. There are a lot of child-headed homes or where... The, it's a grandparent who's taking care of the grand uh, grandchildren because the mother and father might have died of HIV or the mother and father may have split, literally, just run away. Or they could have just said, we're going to work in South Africa and we'll send money back home because life is so tough in Zimbabwe. So those children are still going to have to make decisions in life. And the reality of the situation is that those are vulnerable people. We can decide, we can like to think, we can try to demonize them and think that they are horrible beings, but they are just children. And unfortunately, they're going to make a lot of decisions that aren't great because they are children. And so often they don't understand the consequences because they, they don't have parents that talk to them. And even when there are parents... The, the, a lot of parents are still very conservative about how they deal with their children. Children still don't feel like they can go and talk to their parents um, about things that bother them, especially sexuality issues, because the parents will then be like, hey, how are you like X age and you're talking about sex? I know people who are like, uh, I'm in my 20s and my mom still thinks I'm a, I'm a what you call it, I'm a... Uh, I'm uh, I'm a virgin, so already breaking the ca the, the the seal on that discussion in even traditional homes uh, is very difficult. People say, okay, look, it's up to the parents to decide uh, on issues like that. But the issue here is not so much about decision of a high-sounding, you know, you know, government. It is about. What happens when the family system is not working? Is there somewhere where this child can go? And let's not pretend that even adults are compliant in as far as using 
uh, or, you know, regular as far as using condoms. So at least letting children who have the interest in getting access to contraceptives, you know, get the opportunity. It's, 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 it's a horrible uh, thought. I, 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 I think of it this way. If my 11-year-old, goodness forbid, engages in sexual congress and I don't know about it, uh, what I would hope, the least I can hope is that they don't catch a disease and they don't get pregnant. And the way not to catch a disease and not get pregnant is to get access to sexual reproductive health services. And I, I, I just feel that it's a very important discussion because if they can get it from a trained person who's able to tell them the truth about these issues, then that's great. Because if they don't go and get it from somebody who understands the facts, they will get it from their friends who are, quite frankly, as naive and sometimes even as stupid as them. So... Think of yourself as an 11-year-old and compare what you know right now and think of the fact that you don't know as much as you thought you did. Also, finally, I think, I think we need to stop abdicating for those who are parents from the responsibility, the primary, primary responsibility, which is to make sure that we help our children to grow into human beings that can make better decisions. Um, everything else is not something we can control. Because remember, those kids are individual people with their own ideologies, with their own destiny. And all we can hope is all the things that you've taught them since they were born or whatever it is and how you've influenced them, then those are going to, you know, amount to somebody who, when the time comes, is going to make the right decision, is going to make a decision that is safe, a decision that you will be proud of. And... Also, then, if you find that they have condoms and so forth, just go, just have a conversation with them. Don't blow the gasket. They, they were one thing that children sometimes fail, what sometimes parents fail to understand is that sometimes children don't tell their parents things because they're dealing with an authority and the dealing with authority comes with, I could possibly get punished. And their version of punishment is they could, they feel like they could get kicked out of home or you know, they always think about the absolute worst scenario times 10. So they'll be like, oh, if I tell, with, with the way my mom prays all the time, if I go and tell her, goodness, that I have these cravings, she's going to say, I'm going to pray for you. And yeah, because those, that's the stuff that devils do and stuff like that. You, you've seen this come from different families. So those are my, my, my thoughts. I know that it's a very uncomfortable discussion. It's a very... It's a very disconcerting. I know that that uh, and all that and stuff. But like I said, access is the big thing. I don't think that is advocating for handing them out like 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 candy and stuff like that. But it's advocating for a safe space for children who are vulnerable to be able to get access to services. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast.
Yes, it's the final segment of the Criticast, and uh, yeah, so uh, my friend uh, Patience Piri, uh, she go to her blog ptcpiri at uh, ptcpiri.wordpress.com. Her, br- uh, her blog is called A View From My Throne. Check it out. Um, she's got some very interesting topics there, but uh, she talks about what are the rules for friends, you know, with benefits and counters in terms of booty calls. And she had a couple of questions. <laughs> I'm going to share and try to answer some of those questions. What are the rules of a booty call? It is just a booty call. It's just about the sex. It's nothing else. Um, everybody sort of should understand that there's no emotions entailed for it. Of course, in reality, sometimes emotions develop, usually on the part of one and not the other, so it gets complicated. Is there a manual in a public library somewhere, she asked? I probably feel there should be. I probably should write one myself. Uh, so when it comes to a friend, how do you start the conversation that uh, that it won't end in tears? You've got to have a feeling that there is some sort of attraction between the both of you and that there's maturity around it. The most important thing is the maturity, because if there isn't any maturity around the discussion, what's going to happen is it's going to be. Um, it's just going to not going not going to end great. And, you know, they're, they're, someone's going to accuse the other of disrespect and the other one because sex is a very it's a very sometimes taboo subject in, is, in Zimbabwe and it's even becoming more taboo with younger generations that are coming in you'd, you'd have thought that uh, the 90s when we were more liberal when we grew up in the 90s when people could talk about sex hip-hop guys talked about sex and stuff like that now people are just becoming ultra-conservative and they're muting discussions on sex if you did mention the word sex, you call it a pervert, even though you sometimes even just saying, oh, like, you look cute and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a different story for another day. If rejected, rejected, rejected does that mean that, uh, the, uh, does that signal the end of that relationship or friendship or you pretend nothing was said? You can't pretend nothing was said. <laughs> but that's the maturity that I was talking about. So you got to go to somebody who can say, okay, didn't work out, but we're going to figure out how to sort of like, you know, file that somewhere and just uh, carry on with the friendship. And also you've got to understand that there was a, there was a slight escalation here. You can't just suddenly go from 100, 100 kilometers an hour to like stop immediately. You've got to slow down the car. Also, the person who is choosing this uh, friend with benefit, how did the shortlisting process work? Do all contenders get formal communication? Is then inauguration ceremony for the winner. Okay, I know where she's going with this. Look, booty calls are private. Okay, so essentially there's no ceremony. <laughs> the ceremony is the sex itself. Uh, shortlisting, like I said, uh, I don't know if there's a shortlisting. What happens if five say yes? Do you say yes to all of them? Because, like, for example, you might just decide to do machine gun and say, hey, I'm going to send a message to five different people I've shortlisted who I've called mature and at least sexually attracted to me. So, hey, do you want to be my friends with benefits type of thing? And if they do, then you've got a way to go. Uh, Say the benefits are told curly, am I allowed to be jealous when I see my FWB with somebody I seem deem unworthy for our person? Of course not. There are no, you're not allowed to be jealous. That's, that's, the point of friends with benefits, the booty calls, you're not allowed to be jealous. Remember your friends, 
they they get a chance they get to date other people that's that that's the thing that is there if you want a proper relationship you go in with it and say i want to uh, go into proper relationship uh, should we bump into each other in public do we acknowledge each other or just walk on by well if you're friends <laughs> of course you acknowledge each other uh, but if you're if 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 you're the predication of your relationship is just the sex, let's go with that, where you don't talk about anything else but your booty calls and when you're going to be free and so forth, and you occasionally might bump, you know, have a drink, but it's not like we're going to do it properly. Um, maybe you might want to read the room because they might be with somebody who's a partner, a proper partner, and you guys maybe. Maybe the person is, um, what's that word? Polyamorous. And uh, therefore, you know, they, they have multiple partners. So you just never know. So you might just, you might just want to have a look at that. So, and also have the discussion. It's important to have the discussion right from the beginning. There are delicate issues of menstruation dates and medical tests. How is this communicated? You don't want to the throes of passion and suddenly FW starts gasping for you. Absolutely no need. Ideas life was held together by inhaler. <laughs> Funny. Just going to leave that one behind. <laughs> if you have not, if you, the point of a booty call is if you're not in the mood, you're not in the mood. Your place of mind, how is uh, location based desired? Well, if they stay with your parents, they kind of, you know, limit that. Or if, they, if they're a nun, for example, that might be complicated. <laughs> so, so, it just depends on what is what is best but yeah as a guy it, you as a guy you don't want to go to her place because what if there's a what if she's like got a guy who's bigger than you and he's gonna beat you up or number two um if she's you know she's she's a kept woman she's some someone's small house and she just decided she just wants to friends with benefits what happens when the owner of the place that you're busy hanging out in uh, pitches up Get, could get shot, get ugly. Can one cuddle after the deed? This one's complicated because you have to talk to the person. Sometimes people want to cuddle and sometimes don't. Is anyone allowed to sleep over? Ideally, no. No. No, when you sleep sleep over, that, that gets into dangerous territory. People start thinking about how they see each other in the morning and start thinking that they could continue this. The next thing is sleeping over one day becomes a week and then... Then you forget that you were not supposed to have feelings about this and somebody else is on a different <laughs> different wavelength. She's sleeping over, happened. What time is checkout? Oh, we already decided that you shouldn't sleep over. Unless it's like you're coming from the club, it's 4 a.m. And yeah, and then you just take a nap. But ideally, no. Can I drunk text call my FW and blame it on the alcohol aliens the next morning? Uh, uh, depends on what do it's <laughs> some people like don't don't do all at me. <laughs> um, if you accidentally say the words "I love you" are blurted out during the benefit act, what do you do? Uh, awkward. It's it's like it's like that song from um just, uh, Frank and Barbara Sinatra, and then you go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like "I love you." So try and kill the "I love you." You might love this. You might love their penis or their vagina or whatever it is, but don't love them. Yeah. And 
Will it be strange to FWB to save as an in case of emergency contact? Anyone you put as an in case of emergency contact must know that they are your in case of emergency contact. It'd be awkward if suddenly you put, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> if you put the, the, the head of the Anglican church is <laughs> your in case of emergency contact. <laughs> they have to know, you know, or you put the president or the vice president's number without their knowledge as you in case, in case of emergency contact. They kind of have to know that they're your contact. And finally, can a friend with benefit be ghosted? Anyone can be ghosted. If you can avoid a person in real life, you can avoid them on... Uh, I mean, if you can avoid... A, yeah, if you can avoid a person in real life, I feel you can avoid them online. But I, ghosting is, is a painful thing. I always I advise against it. But sometimes if the situation is just not helpful and you've tried to be all cool and everything, well, you know, and they don't get it, then... You might just have to ghost them. So, yeah, like I said, ptcpd.wordpress.com. Uh, the blog is called A View from My Throne. So check it out. Other than that, uh, take care of yourself and the people that you love. Uh, uh, the podcast is available on iono.fm and it's also available on iTunes or known as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, a whole bunch of other platforms you can actually listen to the podcast on. And also you can check out um, stuff that's happening with uh, Three Mob Radio Presents, a podcast drama series that we released recently called Vibro Banda Leboshanda. It is set in Harare in 2014. And we have a new season of, of another drama coming up next week. So before next week, before it comes out, I come up with another podcast on Criticast. I promise. I promise. <laughs> it gets busy. But the uh, Ribrobanda Leboshanda is out. Just go to 3mob.com. So 3-mob.com for slash radio. I've uh, got actors such as Prudence Kantom, Tom and Impofana in there. I've got uh, Michael Kudakwashe. I've got, um, who else is in there? Pretty awesome. Uh, I've got Musa Saruro, Munyaradze Guramadunu. Yeah, so, so a pretty decent cast. I wrote some of the episodes along with... Um, uh, so geez, please go and check it out some really great acting and storytelling there if I say so myself other than that take care of yourself the people that you love it's been Larry it's been the Criticast take care of yourself I'll see you